distance. I can see it. Next aid station. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Dragon's Back special number six. I am now five days out from the event, uh, obviously well into the taper and I'm climbing the walls to be honest. I'm quite bored, uh, feel like the body's recovering, had a really couple of bad nights actually and then just went to bed in the afternoons, which I'm able to do and sleep. So the main thing was just to get sleep and rest whenever possible at the moment. Um, but I just thought I'd give you a bit of a roundup um, and a summary of what I've done leading up to this. I entered the event on September the 1st, 2020, which is when the race opened. And since that time, during that uh, one year period, up to today's date of August the 31st, I did 310 hours of running, 3,036 kilometres which equals 1,888 miles. I did 34,657 metres of ascent, uh, which is equivalent to 113,704 feet. So a lot more climbing than I would normally do within my training period. And this was done over 131 runs during the year which is just over an average of three runs a week, so not a very heavy schedule. I had about four weeks uh, out due to injury, which was an impact injury, which you probably would have heard of on previous podcasts um, to do with the uh, anterior tibialis. But that's cleared up, and I've been running consistently on that since it did clear up without any flare-ups. Still hoping that six days doesn't have a, a bigger accumulative effect on it, but I don't think it will. Other than that, I've just been doing mainly yoga, Pilates and rolling work and stretching to keep supple. Um, fit, I haven't done any leg strength work or gym work at all. I've relied totally on all the climbing uh, mileage to strengthen the lower limbs. So that's where I'm at with that. I'm now fretting over packing like mad. We've got a 15 kilo limit on the um, camp bag, which is the overnight bag, and a two and a half kilo limit, which isn't bad actually, on the drop bag. 
uh, which will be left at the support points each day, halfway through each day's stage. So I'm going to come back to you a bit more now on that, on the uh, packing side of things and bore you to death with what I'm actually packing for the six days of the whole race. going to talk you through now all of my uh, kit for the race. Um, I'm in a spare bedroom and the floor is covered in it Uh, but I'm going to go through every element of it so that you can see what's involved in a six day uh, logistical nightmare which is what this is. So we start off with an Ortlieb 59 litre dry bag which is compulsory and that can only have a 15 kilo weight in it so into that i am packing a mountain warehouse summit three season extra large sleeping bag which is part of my problem that the bag is really too large and it's a synthetic bag which doesn't pack down very small compared to a down bag Um, but then with a down bag if it gets wet you're a bit knackered and everybody will say, I'll just put a down bag in a in a dry sack. Probably would have been a better option. Um, I don't know why, but this bag cost me $29.99 in Mountain Warehouse. Um, and a down bag's about 200 quid. So I don't know why I'm skimping on that, because you shouldn't skimp on anything to do with comfort. But um, I, the Mountain Warehouse bag I got, um, had a larger legroom space most of them are this mummy shape nowadays and I really wanted to be able to make sure I could stretch my old legs out so that's why I went for that bag I have then got a mountain equipment uh, inflatable self-inflating supposedly but you have to put some extra into them helium 3.8 sleeping mat which is all you have between you and the ground and a uh, mountain warehouse self-inflating pillow, which again, you need to put some air in yourself. And that's my bedding, basically. I've got one lot of camping clothing uh, for the overnight camps, which is a montane tee, a salmon long sleeve, a pair of running um, tights, and a couple of pairs of warm merino socks. So that'd be my basic camp clothes for six days, but I'm not going to be in it very long uh, each evening anyway. I also have a an old down rab jacket that I can pack up quite small that will be uh, in the camp and a pair of <laughs> very, very camp shoes, which are a pair of Asics trainers I've cut down and butchered into something that will do for coping with walking around the camp on damp grass and uh, also letting your feet dry out at the same time. So that was a bit of a Heath Robinson job from me. And uh, on top of that, I then have all my clothing for each race day, which is basically uh, a set a zip top 
a set of shorts, which I always buy the shorts with the um, leggings inside them. About three pairs of uh, calf supports, which I'll rotate or calf protectors. I only I don't really use them. I don't know that there's that much muscular benefit from using them, to be honest, but I, they're great for um, running through the bracken and the long grass, which can be sharp at times, and the heather. So I use them as protection more than anything. And six pairs of very thin merino wool socks from a company called Iceberg. Um, and they're brilliant. Um, when you get your feet wet, you want to get your feet dried out as soon as possible they don't hold water and they dry out really quickly and I always on the foot care thing I always apply Vaseline or a foot cream to my feet first um, and then put those socks on and I've been fine so far doing that of course get your feet dry as soon as possible when you get back into camp each day and then I also have the usual sort of ablution stuff, some, a small flannel, um, some wet wipes. Uh, it's not going to be great opportunities. There's only one campsite that has a sh- there's some shower facilities, and that's probably only two or three showers. And there are 425 entrants in the event. So I'm just working on the basis I'm not going to be getting in a shower. Uh, most of the overnight camps have um, streams, lake or river right next to them so that's going to be the option i think as far as washing and hygiene is concerned of course it's important to keep really clean and hygienic you don't want any bacteria growing on you so but i'll be using the natural resources to cope with that problem i've also got a small towel uh, one of the quick drying camping type ones i didn't go for a large one in the end just due to lack of space really Um, so I'll have to get by with that I've also got some spare shoelaces some cord uh, and three pegs which I shall use if I can if we ever get the opportunity to dry anything if we get some windy evenings or nights might be able to hang something up and dry a few things so I've taken that as an option I've also got some um, tape that I can use to tape things up if uh, something gets uh, broken or splits or something uh, in an emergency. I've got half a spare toilet roll. I'm sure they will be supplying us with plenty, but I never go to any event without loo roll. Um, And then I've got a whole kit bag full of things like, let's see what's in here, a mozzie spray insect repellent, eye patches for sleeping and ear uh, little plugs for sleeping as well Um, I've got five meters of 50 mil wide Kinzio tape which is also believe it or not on the compulsory list of things you have to bring I think this is so that the um, medics don't have to keep supplying you with Kinzio tape if you need taping up with uh, soreness or slight injury and I've got a small pot of Vaseline and a tiny pot of pseudo cream. Um, all these things are obviously available in tiny travel sizes these days, which is brilliant. Um, I have a compulsory uh, mosquito net, but it's not just for mosquitoes. It's for midges, a midge net, sorry. So it has to be able to keep the midges out. I've then got a, a foldable cup, a plate, 
a bowl and a knife, fork and spoon. Um, all camping stuff in a separate bag along with a sponge for washing said equipment. And while I'm on food, I have then got basically six bags of Wayfarer 300 gram meals that will go into the drop bag each day so that I can get a meal if I feel like eating one via my drop bag. Um, I've also got a pack of flatbreads, um, three in a pack, and it is my intention to make those up. They're all sealed and dated till November. So as I open them, I will make up three each time in the evening of the camp. I tend to put a mix that people are probably either going to love or hate of Marmite and peanut butter together. Um, I like the savoury sweet combo of the two things um, and get some carbs in from the flatbreads. And I'll take one flatbread cut in half when I start in the morning and I'll have another one cut in half in the drop bag to pick up for the afternoon section of the run. I've also got a bags these are all portioned up into daily plastic bags sealable plastic bags so each day I've got an ambrosia rice pudding or an ambrosia custard I've got two fruit bars I've got six menthol sweets that I like to suck and one goo espresso basically a caffeine shot Um, On the caffeine thing, I've been off caffeine now for two and a half weeks, so it'll be three weeks by the event. And the idea of that is that I get a better kick from the caffeine once I start needing to have it. I'm taking, somebody came up with the idea of taking uh, good quality coffee bags, um, you know, like a tea bag, uh, coffee in a tea bag type thing in the morning. So rather than just getting the, what I imagine would be Nescafe, can have a decent quality with a decent caffeine hit and steep the bag as long as you like and get the caffeine out of it in the mornings. So basically, I think that's all my food. And then obviously I've got my trainers. So I'm wearing the La Sportiva um, Akai Ashkaska um, mountain shoes. I've got one pair of those. And I am taking my Hoka uh, Speed Goats, Speed Goat 4s, which will be in my drop bag every day should I need to. I doubt whether I'll have to change. I've been fine in the um, uh, Las Portivas, but I'll do that just in case. And then on days four and six, I'm going to run in the Hoka because they, um, the terrain is more suitable to a trail shoe rather than an actual mountain shoe or a shoe that has to deal with a lot of rock. Obviously, the first two days are the really rocky days in the Snowdonia. So I've also got another bag with um, like rain caps in, uh, a warm hat, gloves, buffs, all the things that you would need as extras to keep you warm. And all of this stuff I've mentioned is outside of my actual mountain pack bag, uh, which I'll tell you about a bit later on what's in those. So I also have one of those triathlon belts to put my race number on. I've decided to go with one of them rather than trying to pin it to my vest because I'm also going to be carrying a tiny uh, Zoom F2 recording mic with me to record the runs. 
And I think the race number will just get in the way of that clips onto the front of my Montaigne running pack. Hence going for wearing the number further down, plus the fact you can just step in and out of the thing anyway. Don't have to keep changing it off onto different kit each day. So um, I don't have to keep repinning it in the evenings, which is a pain as far as I'm concerned. I also have, oh, a set of lucky poles, um, a carbon lucky poles, which are the triple collapsing type. And they'll be in the drop bag every day. And some days I'll just start with them and carry them all day. But day one, I'm definitely not taking them. Having wrecked day one, early on, you can get away with not needing them. And then you get into hand-over-hand climbing on uh, Triffin, Cribgok, uh, and all around there. So there's not really any point in poles on day one, I don't think. Um, but I should be using them after day one probably every day. I also have um, an exposure light which is my head torch with a backup spare battery and um lizane uh it's actually a bike torch that i'll be taking as my spare backup torch it's a hand torch which i can also use in the tent or in the campsite as well and then there are three power packs to back that up so that i can charge my phone and watch every day and I have a small one of the lipstick type um, power packs to take with me because my watch only lasts about 10 to 12 hours. Um, and I'm likely to be out to 14 and hopefully not 16, but I will have to charge on the move. So hence taking that one and all the cables. So I think that covers off all the things that are actually going into the 15 kilo Ortley camp bag or the overnight bag and the two and a half litre drop bag. So I'll come on to the uh, pack that I'm running with and all the compulsory gear in a moment. Okay, mountain race pack. I've got the Montane Gecko VP12 Plus, which means it's a 12 litre vest pack. I've been very pleased with this actually. I broke um, a zip on my Salomon, uh, which was one of the Sense 12 vests, which I'd raced with for a little while, um, and thought I'd change over to Montane to see what they're like, and I'm really happy with it. Plenty of volume to them, uh, expanding pockets so you can get well more than the 12 litres in there. Lots of other things like, you know, bungee cords across the backs. It's got a double compartment, zipper top. Uh, the bottles sit higher than the Salomon as well, which makes it easier to drink from them. It has two, when I say bottles, it has two water flasks, 500 mils. So I carry a litre of water. Um on the subject of water, there's been a lot of talk about that. Um, the organisers are laying on extra water points this year on each of the days. So I think that I will get through between water points on a litre each time. I also take a water filtration canister, which comes from Salomon, that fits their 
one type of their bottle. Um, fortunately, and uh, probably unbeknownst to Salomon, it also fits the Montaigne Via flask that comes with the Gecko pack. So I was very fortunate there to uh, find that that fitted because it didn't fit my other Salomon bottles. Um, that used to seep out the side and leak, which was a real pain. So anyway, I have this, supposed to take out sort of 98% of the stuff in any streams, but I'd only take from streams that are fast moving and fairly high up anyway, above where there's a predominance of livestock. So that should sort the water out, I think. I've also been training on, I don't drink an awful lot of water anyway. Um, I'm no good in the heat, and I don't think we're going to get a lot of heat. So... I think I'm going to be fine uh, on the waterfront. So into that bag goes a pair of OMM waterproof trousers, compulsory, uh, a Salomon Bonatti jacket, also a compulsory item. Obviously not those manufacturers, but you have to have waterproof trousers and a waterproof jacket. Inside a um, compression sack, waterproof compression sack, I have a long sleeve base layer which is also compulsory, which isn't something that you're actually going to wear at the start of the race. It has to be kept separately for emergency. You have to also carry now compulsory uh, 300 grams of additional base layer, uh, which can include gloves, hat and a main jacket or lightweight jacket. I've got a peak performance um, padded down jacket that packs down really small it actually weighs about 330 grams in itself but i've decided to take that anyway plus a hat and gloves so i'm well covered there um, and that all goes into a compression sack to keep it dry i'll also be carrying a separate pair of gloves which is um, a la sportiva pair that has a mitt that comes out of the wrist and goes over the fingers so it's a fingered glove that you can turn into a mitt which should cope with uh, any weather that we're going to get looking at the forecast in September anyway. I also have the compulsory um, bivouac uh, emergency bag. You can't take one of those large foil squares. You have to have a survival bag that you can climb into, which is great. I've got one of those. Um, I have a whistle, I have a compass, I have a chinograph pencil, all compulsory items. I also have spare loo roll <laughs> in case of emergency stops. Um, I have plasters um, and some uh, tape to deal with blisters as well, carry with you. I also have a, a small... A bottle of it's a 50 ml bottle of um, suntan cream in case the weather's really nice and hot. I also carry well, we have to carry, I've got uh, about 60 quids worth of cash, a credit card, and my driver's license ID, which I just happen to have in this little waterproof wallet thing. It's actually a cycling one which works well because we need to have ID at registration. So that will be in there anyway, um, carrying it with me. I also have a Montaigne hat, uh, which I put onto a light carabiner that attaches to my vest. And I have another small carabiner on the other side. So handy for just clipping things onto you as you're running along. 
And then on top of that, I'll just have the food that I will be carrying on the day. I always take six menthol sweets. Um, I have a couple of energy bars, uh, one of those Love Espressos that I mentioned earlier. And I should be carrying my normal um, large pretzels, uh, a crystallized stem ginger and um, some trail mix type stuff which I mixed together, a dry edame bean, believe it or not, that has some fruit mixed with it, or edame, I don't know how you say that name. I mixed that with a, a thing I've discovered, as you can tell, I, I love Marmite, <laughs> and there's now a, tri- a mix, a snack mix that comes in Marmite flavour and barbecue flavour called Graze. So I put uh, a mix of that in with the edame, dry edame mix, which is really good on the trail so that's what's going into the 12 litre bag I did think I wouldn't get it all in but it goes in quite nicely and I shall also be carrying my small microphone as I said attached to that bag and oh and obviously the mobile phone the watch and the watch charger but the watch obviously goes on my wrist but the charger and its cable will go into the ah the other thing head torch bag so I put my head torch into a dry bag compression sack as well along with its spare battery um, and any cables that I need for the bit of tech that I carry and that is it so that's the mountain bag that is the uh, drop bag uh, which will be at the support point and the 15 kilo or 59 litre overnight camp bag so that's all the stuff together and I've got most of it packed Um, so this complete stress out the last week has been about eliminating items that to take with you or not to take with you has now been resolved and I am all set to go so the logistics of this is that I'm going from home driven by my wife to Cardiff we're staying overnight next to the castle Um, getting picked up by the coach, organised coach route from Cardiff Castle to Conway Castle by Aurea Events at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. And then there's registration and a bit of a pasta party. I think it is some sort of meal they're putting on um, after registration and, of course, the full race briefing. Staying the night in the Castle Hotel in Conway Decided to treat myself as it's the last night. I probably won't sleep and I'm not going to be there that long anyway. And we have a seven o'clock race start. So probably have to be up sort of knowing me about half past five to get ready for that. Um, I'm actually going to travel up in my race kit because they like you or they would like you to deposit both your support bag um, and your overnight camp bag at registration on Sunday. You don't have to. But I thought that would save me a lot of hassle and faffing about and likely to unpack and pack again in the hotel. So I thought I'd travel up in my race kit, have one or two warm layers that I can just throw into the overnight bag when I get um, to registration and then just get straight round to the hotel um, and stay warm. So that's my plan. That means travelling, of course, in my trainers as well that I'm going to run in. But hey-ho. It's um, a small sacrifice when I think of the suffering that are going to take place anyway. 
all of that is pretty insignificant in uh, what we're all going to be undertaking. Uh, there's 425 turning up at the event, uh, which is great. I think that was a, a drop off from the 600 entrants they were taking at the start. But like all these things, like the London Marathon, you get dropout rates through injury. We've had COVID on top of that. And of course, some of the um, foreign competitors haven't been able to get here or have given up trying to get here or can't because they're not allowed to travel. So I'm so looking forward to it. I can't wait. Um, as I said, I've been climbing the walls now during taper, wanting to get out and get this thing started. It's going to be so good to get there. I just want to even hear that male voice choir at the start. Um, they have a male voice choir in the um, castle keep where we all meet to start with before you go out onto the battlements. Um, and it's just going to be brilliant. The atmosphere is going to be great. So uh, next time you hear me will be after the event, which I've said before that I'm going to record and hopefully speak to a lot of the competitors, the volunteers and people along the route that we may meet. Um, and you'll probably hear a load of sheep as well. So there we are. I'm all packed up, ready to go and off to take on the dragon. Uh, the dragon in training, as they like to call us, all will soon be over. And it'll all about be taming the dragon and getting the little baby dragon trophy at the end. And I can't wait to bring that home and stick it in my room along with all the other racing paraphernalia that we runners seem to gather. Anyway, I shall see you at the end of the event with a big summary and roundup. Bye for now. <laughs> With your ultra running progress, get regular up-to-date news, free advice and motivation for ultra running, subscribe to the Aid Station podcast through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or any of your other favourite podcast libraries. You can also get Aid Station via www.aidstation.co.uk. Also, please see the show notes below for the episode to find the links to all the mentioned recommendations and events. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Aid Station, and if you did, please leave a review and subscribe. Thank you.